God's blessings to you this day. This is uh, Pastor Ernie Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. Uh, thank you for joining me this day again. Uh, if you ever need uh, any other content uh, that we have put out uh, in, the, in the recent months, uh, please go to our YouTube page, uh, search uh, Faith Moore Park uh, or Faith Lutheran Church Moore Park. Uh, also go to our website, www.faithmoorpark.com as you will find more info there pertaining to all of our content. Uh, this week, please join us uh, if you are online uh, for our Sunday service, um, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, so that would be 3, or that would be 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, for those in other places, um, I guess you have to figure that out yourself. <laughs> but the point is, please join us on Sunday online service uh, if you are away uh, and you're always welcome to hear the Word of God. Now today, uh, we continue on with Genesis 6, 17 to 22. Um, a lot of good themes here uh, that we're going to talk about this day. But why don't, we, why don't we begin with a word of prayer. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. Uh, we know that your scripture is God-breathed, and you give us your word uh, to guide us and lead us, and, oh Lord, to, to show us uh, not only our sin, but also the grace that is given to us freely through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless us this day in your word, sanctify us in your truth, and as we study, O oh Lord, may this word enrich us, sustain, and, and feed and nurture us uh, in who we are under your gracious name, through Jesus Christ alone. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, friends, uh, thank you for joining me today. Genesis 6, 17 uh, to 22. And today, uh, as we talk about Noah, and I know uh, we have uh, to talk about a little bit about uh, the, the verses 15 and following, but when we talk about Noah, I think when we think about the children's story, when we read it in Sunday school, I think, uh, simply put, we just kind of thought, well, yeah, he, he made a boat, and he saved his family, and then they started over. Uh, but as we really dig deeper into Noah and, and to dwell upon who he is, uh, this, is a, this, is a, this is a radical faith. Uh, we see at verse 15, if you have your Bible out, ch- uh, chapter 6 of Genesis, uh, this is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits, breadth, 50 cubits, height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it lower, second and third decks. All right, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, we, we talk about 14, what type of wood they were to use and how they were to use pitch. Uh, that tar-like substance to keep everything together uh, and uh, to cover things inside out. But remember, these are the words given to Noah, and there, as we see in verse 22, um, Noah command, God commanded it, and Noah did it. All that the Lord had commanded. Now, think about that, right? He didn't cut corners. He followed the command of God. Remember, Noah's faith is rooted in the giver of the command, right? 
So we'll talk about verse 15. The giver of the command, right? Now that's very important because this is where Noah's faith trusted in light of a dark world that's ridiculed him, that scoffed him. Again, just imagine that being in a dark world, which we live today. We don't even have to imagine it. But in his time, uh, building this gigantic boat uh, and and there uh, you would see the world just do what to him? Scoff him, laugh at him, think that he was a fool or that he was out of his mind. But his faith in the midst of all the darkness, in the midst of all the noise that was surrounding him, was in the giver of the command, and that is ultimately God himself. Right? Again, when we talk about faith, our trust clings to the giver of that command as well. Because who God is, there our faith is that he is Uh, the truth, that he does not lie, that he continues to lead the people by his very word, and what he says he will do. And that is where our faith resides. It means everything to us, from the law to the gospel, doesn't it? Right? Uh, When we talk about uh, the close of the commandments here, just kind of dawned on me as I was talking about this, but if you go to your catechism, and dwell upon the close of the commandments. There we kind of see clearly, uh, let me turn to it real quick as I have it here uh, for you. Um, The close of the commandments. Uh, What does God say about all these commandments? Um, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Again, we see that right there, right? We see the command of God, a jealous God, our Lord is, punishing the children to the third and fourth, right? That is the wrath, but also blessing to the thousands of generations. That is of grace. So we see the command of God, and we definitely see the law of gospel. We see the wrath of God, which we'll talk about today, but what we also see is grace, don't we? Um, and, and all of it is rooted in the command But that command from the Lord's word, there Noah would trust this very command. And that's very important. That's a very important theme here today. Because I think for all of us, when we look at the word of God, we must always be reminded, yes, this is God breathed, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And this is living and active, as it says in the book of Hebrews, right? Uh, 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 4.12, right? And, and we very well know uh, clearly that uh, by this very word, we trust what his, says, what his word says he will do, right? All right, so in light of that, Noah follows through, starts building the, the, the ark. Uh, sadly, there was no Bob Vila, no Home Depot, no Lowe's, no Menards for those in the Midwest. <laughs> Menards, remember that in Fort Wayne? I know there was a Menards, right? Uh, no Ace Hardware, no, nothing like that. No Nikita Power Tools, uh, no Dremels, no Boshes, nothing like that, right? This was just Noah and the land and Gopher Wood, 450 feet. This was a big project worthy of 120 years of preparation. And he continued. Think about that. I mean, it's not like he just got a YouTube clip of DIY, how to build a 450-foot ark. No, he did this step-by-step, patient, 
pilgrimage in faith, all in the midst of a dark world. Think about that. This is faith because his trust was in the eternal enduring word of the Lord. Right? That's faith. All right. And I want you to dwell upon that till the end of time because, wow, uh, how easy it is to waver in our pilgrimage of faith. Anyways, uh, verse 17, uh, if we could read this together. Uh, For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. Now, I will bring a, uh, I will bring a flood and everything on earth shall die. This is the theme of the, what? Wrath of God. What God says he will do, right? And as we look at the narrative completely, that is what he is going to do. Why is there, why is he bringing his wrath? We saw previously of the evil generations, of literally the persistence in sin and how they have gone their own way into destruction, right? There is wrath. I think a lot of times uh, we, we want to paint God in this um, anti-wrath type picture, right? As if uh, he is permissive, right? Look up uh, uh, what uh, the priest uh, Eli and uh, his kids fin- Phineas and Hophni, uh, uh, just, a, just a, uh, a cautionary reminder of what permissiveness, permissiveness brings to the table here, right? But there is a tinge, right? When we sin, we have what? Contrition, right? We have sorrow for our sin because we live in faith under his word because God gives us that demand. God gives us the law. And and there, when we do fall short of his law from the law, there we repent. Now, people who are persistent in sin do not have the sorrow, live as if they are not under the law, as if their life mattered the most all the time, and there they proceed in their own compass of their flesh, uh, sin, and the world, and ultimately the greatest engineer we know deceptively is the evil foe, right? And, and there in their persistence, they, they went to this darkness, and, and they kept on this darkness, and they lived in this road, and soon enough, they were lost. And here... I will bring, the wrath of God would come into play. And th- this is real. The wrath of God is real. Right? We're talking about fearing God, friends. Now, what does that mean? A lot of people say honor, right? And that's true. But also, when we talk about wrath of God, we do fear Him. That what He says is the truth. And what He commands, this is what we ought to adhere to. Now again, because of our sin, uh, can we follow the law perfectly? And the answer is no, right? Do we strive? Yes. Do we desire to love God and neighbor? Yes. But do we do that perfectly to earn our salvation? Absolutely not. We cannot earn our salvation or merit it by our own works, right? But here we see clearly that when we talk about the wrath of God, there is punishment, for those who reject his name, right? All right, so in verse 17, I will bring the flood and, and they all shall die. And, and this is the picture of the law. Earlier, uh, when we talk about uh, uh, Enoch, we know in the midst of Enoch, there was a lot of death. But Enoch was what? 
he lived as God took him up before tasting death. Now here we see Noah, and, and before him was evil, but yet by the faith, as Enoch, as we looked at the earlier chapter, walked with God, right? We see Noah walking with God, and I know I'm writing so small and you can't see this in the video, but here we see Noah uh, being rescued uh, by the ark, that is, uh, restoration, right, or rescue. And when we talk about Enoch and Noah and this law-gospel swing, right, we, we see how, we see who our God is, that he is the giver of commands, right? He, he gives a command and he will promises that there will be a flood, but he also, uh, in that command, also establishes the covenant, right? And this is a picture of God's grace. Why don't we read that together? Uh, verse, verse, uh, verse 18 But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. Right? I will establish a covenant with you. Okay, I should be looking at my notes here. All right. Yes, Luther, uh, upon this, writes, verse 18, pertaining to verse 18. Check this out. Some good stuff. (laughs) I love reading. Riff. Reading is fun. Remember that slogan? Anyways, there was need of this, Luther says, not only to keep Noah from despairing before such a terrible wrath, but also in order that his faith might be strengthened amid the punishment that was about to rage. It was not easy to believe that the entire human race would perish. The world regarded Noah as exceedingly stupid for believing such things. It derided him and without a doubt also made his structure the object of ridicule. In order to encourage him in such trying circumstances, God speaks with him several times and now reminds him of the covenant. So again, I love this part because Luther really does paint the picture to which Noah faced that this ark, right, this ark would be the subject of ridicule and ultimately the ridiculing of the command and ultimately, redundant, ultimately (laughs) the ridicule of God who gives that command, right? And here, what does the Lord do? I will establish my covenant. He reminds Noah of what is to come through the flood, that that grace, that rescue, that... A saving salvation or saving here was given by the command of God. Remind you that in the midst of all that you're facing, Noah, this is what I have given it to you. By my grace, I have set the plans before you to build this ark 450, 75 by 35, go for wood, one, two, three level pitch inside and out, covering the ark. Here we see it two by two animals, like all these things, right? As we see it is God's gracious command. Now again, there is the wrath of God. I will bring, and he brought it. I will establish by the command of God, by his promise, who he is. God is not a liar. He delivers what he promises. I will establish my commandment. And and there we see the law and the gospel, right? We see uh, uh, sin sin and grace. Um, Thank you for the comment. I didn't see what it said, uh, but... uh, yeah, but thank you for coming here. Um, I think it was John Revelation, I believe. Uh, Apostle John the Revelation. I don't know if it's 
the Apostle John uh, of the book of... No, it can't be, but the point is, I think, thank you for joining us today. But here we see uh, uh, clearly that law-gospel uh, distinction, and, and as Lutherans, you know, that's a big deal for us, the law-gospel distinction. Read C.F.W. Walther's Law and Gospel if you really want to go dig deep into that, which is great. But here we see uh, the, the picture of God and his character and what he does by his command. Everything is by the command of God, right? The ark is by the command. The flood is by the command. The covenant is by his command, by his gracious will. And, and now, uh, by his command, right? What is it? The Lord prepares him, 19 to 21. Why don't we read that together? If you could get your Bible out there, 19 to 21. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds according to their kinds and of the animals according to their kinds, and of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind. Two of every sort shall come into you to keep them alive. Um, that reminds me of uh, the creation narrative of its kind, its kind, of every kind, of every kind, right? But here we see the Lord's preparation, two by two. Now, this is very important in a sense where the Lord is preparing him for what he needs. Again, for the replenishment, right, two by two of the world, the animals, right, of what is to come post-flood. But also he says food, right? Bring food, bring rations, because this is going to be a while. Now, if they skimped on any of these commands, the end result would have been almost, well, it would have been detrimental. It would probably have meant death for his family if he forgot any food. You know, a lot of times, oh, I can deal with this, right? I don't need to bring that much food. Uh, but my wife always says, no, we need to bring food, right, <laughs> on a trip. Uh, and we do bring food uh, because she is so wise. And uh, uh, yes, uh, and what a good command that is. But here we see on this ark uh, the Lord's preparatory commands. Again, everything is command. Everything is received by faith, right? Trusting in the word of God. And, and here we see it. Um, yeah, preparing them all in faith. Trusting in the word. What does the word of God say? That's the key, Right? This is Noah's example to us. What does the word of God say? Not what we want it to say, not what we feel like it should say, or not based on the culture and context that we live in, what should it say? But what does the word of God say? Right? This is the key when it comes to our faith. Because once we go to false teaching, what happens? We make this word cater to our own whims. And there we find ourselves changing the word of God and ultimately worshiping in a totally different lowercase g God, right? And, and here we see Noah, when we talk about that quote from Luther, right? Uh, that uh, in the midst of all that they derided him, uh, that they looked at this object and the world uh, ridiculed him for that, God reminded him of his covenant. Now, when we live our life of faith, friends, why do we need to hear and always be reminded uh, uh, through the word of God that indeed I am forgiven of my sins, right? When we hear those words of Christ in the midst of the toil, the spiritual attacks, all that we face, there we are pointed to the command that endures forever. 
See, this is the spiritual battle that we face. Just think of Noah. You, you, think, you think we have it bad, but what about Noah? Like, he, he faced so many different things, but yet he continued on this course. Even in the midst of all that ridiculed him, he continued to follow because he knew the giver of the word, and that's where his faith trusted. See, the devil tempts us in so many different ways. He twists and turns God's word. He tries to manipulate God's word. He tries to make us uh, 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 ignore God's word. But yet, in this faith, what in the midst of spiritual attacks, in the midst of all that we face in our flesh, the world, and the devil, what can we depend upon completely? And that is the word of God. We're there. God gives us his command, and that is where our faith trusts. Not I think, not I feel, but rather what does the word of God say? Because that's where my faith is. This is the tension that we face. Because once we forget the word of God, we go to complacency, we go to apathy, we go to indifference, we go to me as carnal center rather than God as center. And therefore, this is the temptation that is before us, each and every one of us. But in faith, how do we proceed? That's why you're here right now right now, right? Because you know the word of God is truth, that it is your lamp unto your feet, the light unto your path that reminds you and leads you in the covenant, the new covenant. Remembered in uh, the words of institution, we always say the New Testament, the new covenant, uh, that is the promise, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. And there from the fruits of the cross in his death and resurrection, we have the sacraments where there he distributes the means of grace to us. But it's by his command that we are comforted, right? We are comforted that knowing full well that even in the midst of the greatest accuser, the devil himself, there we have the words of absolution, the blood of Christ, the crucifixion, Calvary, the empty tomb. He is risen. He is not here, right? We have these very uh, gifts uh, uh, from the giver that indeed I am forgiven of my sins. I am baptized into Christ. I am robed in his righteousness. And though I am the chief of sinners, there Christ covers me by, uh, from the multitude of my sins by bearing that weight upon that cross and destroying all of them. See, this is the command. This is where our faith is, Right? Whoa, that was a lot of words in the less than a minute. <laughs> Sorry, but I was on that, that track. Very important. It's all about the command, right? Not only what he calls us to do, but also when we talk about God's command, uh, Jesus, Luke 24, the repentance and forgiveness of sins, this is what he commands the church to also preach. Anyways, I'm getting off track. But here, Lord's preparatory command. This is what he, this is good for them. Right? You, you tell your kids in the morning, as, as I always tell Elliot, like, you got to wear your sweatshirt. It's cold out there. Right? We're preparing them for the cold weather, right? Did you bring your lunch? Of course. If they forgot it, they're going to be hungry. So they need to bring their lunch. There's these commands that we give for the benefit of our neighbor. And in this case, my kids, right? And likewise, God gives a command to Noah, do all these things and there it will go well with you, right? Ephesians 6, 4, right? Uh, uh, fathers, uh, do not exasperate but, but uh, your children, but instruct them in the word of God, right? Uh, so that it may go well with them. Right? And, and this is the command of God. So again, when we talk about the word of God and what he commands, there's something about that. The tension of our sinful flesh, we see that law gospel, we see uh, the tension of uh, the type of the evil generation versus Noah. Uh, we see that uh, there we see kind of the, the world in the flesh, but also the life of faith. But also we see Noah enduring how by being reminded of God's word, I will establish my covenant. What I will say, I will do. And there he continued on this path for that 120 years. And we go to the conclusion here in verse 22. Why don't we read that together? It's such a short, I love it. 
Um, it's just, you know, it's almost like an impassing kind of ver- verse, right? Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. Noah did it. And, and think about that, right? Uh, this wasn't um, some glorious verse where it magnified all that was no. He just did it. He got it done. Remember, because it's by faith. Habakkuk 2.4, Romans 1.16-17. The righteous shall live by faith. Hebrews, if you could turn Hebrews 11.7 real quick. Hebrews 11.7, do you have your Bible out? We'll turn there together. Hebrews 11.7. And uh, here we see uh, clearly, uh, as we turn there, uh, pertaining to Noah and his faith. And I will read that for you. Hebrews eleven seven, By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events yet unseen. Again, that's faith. It wasn't like a rain that pitter-pattered slowly throughout those years. No, this was going to rage quickly, right? This was out of the blue, a great surprise. No one could prepare for what was to come in this flood. There wasn't some evacuation program or, or, or some preparatory program for the world. They were blind, right? Interesting right here. In reverent fear, Right? Command, trusting in who God is as the almighty, omnipotent, omnipresent God. As the I am he, before Abraham was I am. Right? This, is, this is so important in a sense where Hebrews eleven seven, constructed an ark, saving his household, right? That promise. By this he condemned the world. Wrath, condemned the world for their sin. And that is turning from God or rejecting God himself. That is the result. That is the the penalty, the punishment. And became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. But at the same time, there is that righteousness. Closing thought. How are you righteous? The righteous shall live by faith. Faith has an object. And what is the object of faith? And there you will find your righteousness. Now, a lot of people will say, well, you know, I'm a good person. I've done this. I've done that. You know, their object of faith is themselves for salvation. Their object of faith for salvation or for their righteousness is what they have done. See, Noah's faith was not in what he had done. That is not, uh, that is not where his faith resides in his merits, but rather in his righteousness remains and abides in the word of God, his trust in his very word. Very important to make that distinction. A lot of people think righteousness is uh, uh, perfect and holy in their own right, right? But rather, when we talk about the righteous shall live by faith, for us, our faith, our object of faith is who? Jesus, right? And uh, through the work of Christ, as we see it right here, we very well know uh, that uh, as Jesus is our faith, what does he do for us? Again, our Noah's faith was in the work of God. 
our faith is in the work of Christ. And what is that work of Christ? Of course, the death upon the cross, the empty tomb, the sacraments, the means of grace, right? Because this is what the Lord commanded. Our faith is in the one who gives us this very word. And that word is Jesus. And what does his word say? That you are righteous, right? What is the Holy Spirit's work? To convict of us, to convict us of our sin, to show us what we have done before God as the law shows us our sin, that law gospel, that sin and wrath versus also uh, the Holy Spirit does what? Comfort us in the righteousness of God. And that is Jesus Christ and his work. Our faith is in the object, our trust, our faith is in the work of Christ. And through his work, of course, as we trust in his work, through the word and the sacrament, there we are declared righteous, forgiven of our sins, justified by God through the very word and command that he has given to us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What our Lord says he will do. When Jesus promises to die and rise from this temple, destroy this temple, three days you'll raise it again. Again, this is what Jesus does, right? When Jesus says, it is finished, your faith is in those very words that says, you are righteous by the blood of Christ. That Jesus Christ was raised for our justification, right? As it reads in the scriptures. And there, by that very word, you are righteous because your faith trusts in the grace of God that is Jesus for you, uh, for the forgiveness of your sins. That is what righteousness is. It's Jesus and what he has done for you, where your faith abides in the very word as you remain in him and I in you. And, and, and John 15, 5 all over again, we very well know that's what faith is. It's in the command in the, uh, of the word of God and trusting in who God is as the giver of these promises. And there, this is how we are righteous. Right? What does the word of God say? Whoever is baptized into Christ has put on Christ. That is where our faith is. And there we find and rest in the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of God that was bestowed freely upon you for the forgiveness of your sins. See, Noah, what a great picture this is today. Just of all, the, the whole gamut, right? <coughs> From from the wrath of God to his, the grace of God, from, uh, from our sin and every evil to uh, also uh, Noah's faithfulness. And ultimately for us, the righteous shall live by faith, right? And, and you are righteous because your faith is Christ who covers you by his blood, who washes you in the water of the word, who feeds you his body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins at this fellowship of this altar at the Lord's Supper. You are righteous, right? And I, I pray that as you look at the scripture, uh, you can really apply this to your life in so many different ways, right? It's so many different nuggets here, right? Of how we can really apply this and really connect this with what we are going to do on a day-to-day -day, day -day basis, right? 
And that's why I always urge people, you got to hear the word, right? You got to come to church. You got to study with me like you are right now, because this always reminds us and points us back to the covenant, to who Jesus is as he breaks the forces of darkness and brings us to the marvelous light and, and, and gives to us the comfort by his resurrection that death has lost its sting and that we are children of God all by what he has done for us. And the righteous shall live by faith because I am a sinner, but Christ bears that sin upon his uh, upon himself and dies on the cross for those very sins to declare me righteous. My faith is outside of myself. My faith is in Christ. And there I find my righteousness because he died and rose. He, he, he triumphed over uh, death. He destroyed the grave. He crushed the devil's head and he gives me life eternal. And that is who I am all by what he has done. And that's where I trust outside of myself because I am a beggar. This is true. This is so very true. But our Lord, he lavishes us with the riches of his righteousness. And there you are. <laughs> all right, let's end there. My wrestler voice is coming out again. All right, why don't we stop there? Uh, hopefully that was helpful to you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. Bless us, O oh Lord, in this life of faith. Lord, uh, as we fall short of your glory, Lord, as we confess our sins to you, Lord, bless us in your absolution. Grant us comfort knowing that in faith we are righteous, all by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Lead us and guide us, O Lord, in the hope of salvation and comfort us, O Lord, always in your will, your command, as your, uh, your word delivers, um, as by your grace it is done. We thank you for this day. Bless us in your word, sanctify us in your truth, and lead us by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray all this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, friends, have a good day. God be with you all. God blesses you all, and enjoy this word. If you miss something, rewind. If you want to watch it again, Go for it, right? Always good to repeat, repeat, repeat. Anyways, until next time. Hail Hoot. Very good. Muy bueno. Adios, friends. Have a wonderful weekend. See you on Sunday, Lord willing. Good day. Bye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmorepark.com.